Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. You build on failure. You use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes, but you don't dwell on it. You don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. Welcome to Different Paths, the 128th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century singer-songwriter Johnny Cash. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music, you can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Uh, housekeeping. I don't even know what I do anymore. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night, I do Three Pagans on Tap. That's this Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Malik Odinson, Saranth Odinson, and myself will actually be drinking the exact same three items Ooh. and discussing the differences we have between them. Ooh. But you all don't get to know what the items are unless you show up for the actual YouTube and or Facebook it's casting. And then on Sundays, every Sunday... From 2 p.m. until 4 p.m., unless I get really distracted, in which case we go to 4.15 because I'm looking at tarot cards or something. I don't know. <laughs> then uh, on Zoom. And that has no meaning or any semblance of order. It's just a bunch of people usually making either really bad dad jokes or really bad sexual jokes. I don't know what that's. It's devolved into that. But we all seem to enjoy it. Agent M says, just wear headphones if you have small people. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is should... a headphone Zoom call. That, yeah. should be the, that should be the case regardless when we're involved. Exactly. This Ten... is an explicit podcast. <laughs> we have one new kitten. Welcome to our newest kitten. We love you, kitten. Whosoever they be. And we have two new hunters, Christopher Dalby and Sam Sanchez. Yep. Well, welcome it. to our new hunters. Yes. yes. We love you. We love you all. Yes. Oh, I do want to say, though. I just thought <laughs> oh, of it. We're not house captain. House we're captain. not house we're captain. Carry on with the housekeeping. I just wanted to say thank you to all who joined us last week for the oh, ritual, yeah. the mm-hmm. protection ritual, uh, before the inauguration. Mm-hmm. It was, for me, at least, it was very powerful. Yeah. And um, I... I know that our energy, plus all the spells that other witches and pagans were doing mm-hmm. to protect that inauguration, yep. I honestly believe it, it assisted. And I believe that all three of us became verklempt during the ritual we at did. some point yeah. or another. Yeah. We did. Which, um, we recorded that, so if you'd like to witness that. Yeah. Um, it's on the Get Vocal. Yeah, and we're, we're keeping up that shield of protection, so yep. if, if you, anytime you want to yep. go re-up it, uh, you can just go to the Get Vocal and watch that recording and... Put some energy into it. Yep. Yep. The website's coming along fine-ish. Okay. Uh, this last week was super busy for me at the brewery. Fair enough. Preparing stuff for our distributor. Yes, and so, because in Michigan... Ah, we're finally reopening. Yes. So I At least will, limitedly. Lim- yeah, yes, limited, limited capacity. Yep, 25% capacity, which for us is 50 people. Yep. So if um, you live in the Keizu area... Yep, feel free to come out. We'll be open Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 5 to 10. 
and Saturday from noon to 10. Mm-hmm. And that New is hours. the Valhalla Tap Room at American Brewers. Yep. And just remember, there's going to be, you know, masks and social yep. distancing, yep. all of that still, and hand yeah. sanitizer. Our, our tables are eight feet apart so yes. that your chairs are still six feet apart when you're sitting down. And everybody has to contact trace now. There's no, yep. there's, it's yep. not an option anymore. You have to fill it's, out the It's form. mandatory contact tracing. Yep. That's right. So if you do come to visit, just be aware that those are going to be, the rules. those yep. are the rules and yep. they're going to be upheld. Yep. Yeah. If you don't want to contract trace, don't come. All right, I think now we are finally house kept and house swept, and we can move on to the episode. <laughs> yes, I believe that's true. All right. So this is a uh, requested episode. Yep. Um, we've been asked a couple of times to talk, to spend a whole episode talking about um, sort of the transition between an organized religion like Christianity mm-hmm. and non-traditional religions or paths like pagan religions and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which we've touched on here and there in various episodes, but especially in our early years. Yeah, but it's been sort of spread out and sporadic and um it's been a long time now. Mm-hmm. It's been 3 years now. Good lord. Um, three since years. we started the podcast and longer than that since both of y'all left the Christian church. Yep. So we're going to just do Seems a whole Seems like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to just do a whole episode sort of focusing on that and what that experience is like. So this is going to be a episode where Gwyn and Carr talk a lot, I assume. And you ask questions? Where I ask questions. You get to be me. I get to be you. Because wow. I wasn't in the church for nearly as long as either of you were. <laughs> and if you all have questions yes. in the Discord or in Vocal, please feel free to, to ask. Yes, yeah. All right. So. Did you have a way that you wanted to start this? Because I didn't think about it. Nope, um, me either. I think the... I first just wanted to sort of like touch on the fact that... Um, changing your religious path is, for most people, what what is called in psychology a major life change, mm-hmm. which means it's going to have a lot of, like, knock-on effects on the rest of your life. So it's not just, like, just swapping out one religion for another. Mm-mm. It's not, like, just putting on a different sweater. Right. right. Like, it's dismantling sort of your fundamental expectations of the world and society mm-hmm. and yourself, and then... Usually, like a period, a transition period, and then rebuilding your expectations for the world, society, and yourself based on whatever the new framework you have is. Right, mm-hmm. and like that can have, aside from all of the work that that is, which I'll want you both to talk about in a second, that can have like serious psychological effects on you. Um, a lot of people, I would imagine, go through a depressive period mm-hmm. or a period of a lot of anxiety or just heightened stress. It can uh, devolve into or or be, it can generate a uh, imposter syndrome. Exactly. So there are a lot of natural, very normal, I guess, psychological sort of negative effects of making that kind of major change in your life, even if it's a positive change overall. Mm -hmm. And this is true of all kinds of major life changes, like Mm -hmm. getting married, moving to a new city, getting a new job, having children. All these things that are major changes in your life, even if they're positive changes overall, can have sort of short-term negative effects on Mm -hmm. sort of how you relate to reality. Yeah. This is not something that just you can one and done. It's over in a couple of months and you move on. And, you know, this can take years. This And you can think that you've moved past it and then something will trigger something within you and you realize... Like, oh. a, like a landmine you didn't yeah. even realize was still there. Exactly. Because like for me and for Carr, for instance, and I'm sure many people who are listening, 
we were raised in Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, so from a very young age. So my family, you know, I was in church from the time I was born as well. But what I start remembering right. is from four years on, on up. I start remembering. Yes, your the, weirdly early memories. Yeah, I, I start I think remembering. Probably the, the weird shit I remember from my childhood is all church is related. All church yeah, because that's where we were all yeah. the time. Yeah. I remember sitting in the pew next to my mom and you know listening to everyone singing hymns because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> you know, coloring on a you know on a page that oh, they provided we weren't, we weren't for children. allowed to do that i went to a methodist <laughs> church we were a little more and it was more a little relaxed one. yeah <laughs> a little more relaxed figure you know when i was a child they didn't really have children sunday school at least at the churches that we went to when i was a very young child mm-hmm. they had sunday school that we would go to after church service oh my god you had to go to church service and then sunday school yep. that should be illegal or sometimes uh, it was before. ours was backwards yeah so oh, I, we had no. sunday school before and then church service oh that's yeah. that's a crime against yeah. children <laughs> but you know <laughs> rana said it's abuse i'm just yeah, saying that's the worst well and when you stop to think about it what are you what are they trying to do they're trying to indoctrinate mm-hmm. their children right into this religion and so you go and you have these bible stories and lessons and you know I'm not of course every religion does that you know you want Mm. to train your children to understand your perspective on religion every religion can do that right not every religion does it in the same sort of dedicated way that the major religions the major the organized religions do I think for me it was way different because my mom was the youth pastor right yeah and so my morning there was no escaping my morning started ridiculously early Mm -hmm. because you had to go to the church no because we had to go pick up kids first so there were several youth that we would pick up and take the church but then we had to be there early because we had to get shit set up mm-hmm. for the service set up for sunday school and then i would do sunday school in a different room than all the youth that i hung out with mm-hmm. because that's who my mom was around so i was with these kids who i didn't fucking care about <laughs> while my mom would you know teach these older mm-hmm. teens mm-hmm. and then we would go to church I wasn't allowed to sit with the teens or the people my age. I had to sit next to my mom, mm-hmm. which was in the front row. Oof. Because... Where the pastor's you know. staring at you the whole time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, so... And Scubus makes a good point, which I would like to bring up as well. There is there is a difference between teaching your kids what you believe or even going to, to church or mm-hmm. synagogue or whatever. Giving and them being, the option. You know, and being taught what to believe, like through catechism or, you know, that the Catholics do or Sunday school or whatever... Uh, for for Protestants, there's a difference between teaching religion to a child and indoctrinating them. Right. And I feel like yeah. many of the churches that I went to later, mm-hmm. when I became really involved in the evangelical church, right. where the Bible is taken very literally, there is more of an indoctrination in some churches and in some denominations. And that's where, for me anyway, it had and still is a struggle mm-hmm. to step away from my Christian upbringing and view things outside that circle. My mom and I still attended this Methodist church where I grew up, mm-hmm. but most of my family were going to these really super charismatic evangelical churches. And in my mom, I mean, the church, we moved from a rather liberal Methodist church when I was a small child to 
uh, elementary and on, on up to one that was more conservative, more evangelical, mm-hmm. a little more charismatic as years went by. So something that might be useful is to sort of describe these terms mm-hmm. because they're not going to necessarily make sense to someone who hasn't grown up really in the Christian Okay. Subculture. Mm-hmm. Like, I think most people are aware of Christianity as an overculture, but maybe not aware of the differences between, like, a Pentecostal and an evangelical mm-hmm. and right. a like, right. charismatic. Where the church that I started out in was a, a mainline Methodist church, which was much more liberal. They were, they would have been more open to... Sophia worship. Sophia worship. Okay. Yeah. Which is the goddess of wisdom. There we go. They and that was actually something that was starting in the more mainline Methodist denominations. Right. And it was sort of a it was a response to feminism kind yeah, of. It, yeah, it was. Yep. Um but then so you have these more liberal, you know, they would have women in positions of power, like, mm-hmm. you know, as bishops and pastors and things like that in the more liberal uh, Methodist. Methodist part of the denomination. But then we moved to one that was more, it had come out of a different denomination and became Methodist. Mm. So it was more conservative. It was more evangelical, which means they the Bible was taken literally. Mm-hmm. Women were... Uh, Subjugated. Right. We're, we're well, not permitted to have positions of authority within the church. Uh, well, they were to a degree, but just not as a pastor. Right. They could um, be teachers. They correct? could be teachers. They could be ministers of music. They could be ministers of children, uh, things like But they couldn't be teaching pastors from the pulpit. Okay. They couldn't be Bible teachers. Right. From Unless it was a Sunday school with women. They could teach children. They could teach children. But not children. grown people. And they could teach and, children and, and women. women. And other women. Okay. But they couldn't teach men. But they couldn't teach men. Right. I so that, And that's kind of the evangelical position on, you know, not, and not all. I mean, this is kind of, these right. are there's, broad, there's, this is a broad definition. Right. And then you've got the charismatic slash Pentecostals who believe in the spiritual gifts of like, we would call it being psychic or they call it being prophetic or having a gift of knowledge or discernment or discernment, Um, which means a slightly different thing in Christianity than it does in paganism. It does healing, you know, things speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. That's, and they also tend to be very literal. Right. And of course, because it is the church, it is the Christian church. I don't know what Catholicism teaches because I'm not never have been Catholic and Mm -hmm. don't know much about it. But at least in the Protestant church and especially in the evangelical and Pentecostal movements, there is only one way to to have religion, to have everlasting life. And that's through this to get baptized the right way the right yeah get baptized the right way to accept jesus as your savior and then everybody else who doesn't do that is you know going Going to to hell hell. (laughs) and And do your best to convert as many people as you can that's what evangelical means exactly swan says i thought evangelical was those who went out and made efforts to convert others yes it is and the reason that they're so gung-ho about it is that they genuinely believe everyone who isn't part of their religion yeah. is going to suffer eternal damnation. Yeah. Right. So, so they think they're helping. Yeah. So a lot of these evangelical denominations, and it's many, many within mm-hmm. the various denominations. Yeah. Evangelical is sort of a it, broad it's umbrella. It's a broad umbrella yeah. for a, a lot of different denominations within the church. But yes, it's about evangelizing. Yes. Yeah. That's the main thrust. So Carr, talk about the churches you grew up in. Okay, so... What I, they, what they right. believe and mean. So I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, or right outside of D.C. 
in Temple Hills, Maryland. Mm -hmm. And my mother was, I call it, say she was a youth pastor. She was a youth leader because she wasn't allowed to have the pastor title. Right. So Southern Baptist is pretty hardcore, evangelical. What the Bible says, it says, unless you don't agree with it. (laughs) I mean, there's always that, there's always that part where they're not going to go back and look like numbers and Leviticus and they just go, well, Jesus came and it changed all that. So Southern Baptist, very, very, very conservative. Right. Right. Um, Like my mother was not allowed to wear uh, jeans or pants. She had to wear a dress or a skirt. Makeup was okay, so it's not hardcore like Independent Baptist, which tends to... Which is no makeup. No makeup, yeah, no adornments, no earring, no jewelry. M- must be modest, yep. yeah. So I spent the majority of my life in that church. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to Temple Hills until I was probably 11 or 12. Spent a year not going to church because my dad didn't fucking care the year I lived with him. <laughs> right. Then I moved back with my mom in Florida and was integrated at First Baptist Church of West Palm Beach, Florida. And that was and where I was that, at. is that also... Also Southern Baptist, okay. much larger. So Temple Hills was what I would consider now a small church. Probably <laughs> 300 people, 400 people. That is relatively small, yeah. Um, well, for what you're used to, it's really not... Right, I grew up in large churches yeah, as a yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, Mostly because you had jobs in them. <laughs> right, yeah. First Baptist West Palm was probably 2,000, maybe. I think. Yeah. 2,000 people on a weekend. Okay. Um, and so it was a very large church. I actually got kicked out of that church because I had long hair and earrings. Mm-hmm. Right, and, which was um, verboten. Yes, yep. And probably because I was kind of an asshole, but eh. but you know. But the long hair and earrings were what they got you on. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I got <laughs> called out. They couldn't kick on. you out for being an asshole, but they could kick you out for for violating the dress code. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's an important uh, play, thing to point out because Finn is is sharing. We got a lot of people sharing some stuff. Yeah, yeah. sharing tales, sharing tales of their experience in the church. It's a lot of what you can't do. Right. But yep. there are also, so I think it's interesting, you couldn't be kicked out for being an asshole. Right. But you could be kicked out for having long hair and earrings. Earrings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means, just sort of by implication, there are a lot of broken stairs mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. many churches. Yeah. There yeah. are. There are. And, you know, and the thing is, it's a lot of it comes down to what is the main pastor teaching, mm-hmm. especially in these churches that have more autonomy and they choose to interpret the Bible how you know and teach it to people so here's my understanding is that a lot of christians don't spend a lot of time reading right. the bible they right. spend their time listening to, to the, pastor. the pastor's message or, correct or reading books about which, the bible which right. means <laughs> that most people's religious development is very controlled by what the pastor chooses to mm-hmm. teach yeah and i would say probably the majority of christians really don't have a jesus-based faith they mm-hmm. have a Paul, who's a, right. one of the apostles, mm-hmm. um, a Paul-based Because that's what most of the New Testament is. Right. It, they're all the Pauline, the Pauline Gospels. Letters. Most people follow that tract of mm-hmm. what Paul mm-hmm. did, not necessarily what Jesus did. Right. right. And Paul was... It, so they're following sort of Paul's interpretation of Jesus. Right. right exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yep. And that's where the indoctrination, I feel, comes in is because... You know, especially in some of these more um, evangelical churches or these especially Pentecostal or charismatic churches, they the idea is you don't question the pastor. Right. You know. So they're not even following Paul's interpretation of Jesus. They're following their pastor's interpretation of, of Paul's, Paul's interpretation, interpretation of Jesus. Of Jesus. Yeah. Yep. yeah, here's the next question. Mm-hmm. Having grown up in that environment yep. mm-hmm, where sort of you didn't decide what your religious education was, it was decided for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
what was sort of for both of you individually the first step to even inside Christianity deciding mm-hmm. you were going to decide your own religious education and what did that look like and like how was that received right so mm-hmm. for me it was leaving the Southern Baptist Church and starting to attend more Pentecostal churches because mm-hmm. they were a little crazier man they had rock music right. they you had could, they, they were know, more fun. Yeah, my Southern Baptist church made me throw a Beatles White album into the intercoastal waterway. So <laughs> it was the um, devil's music, right? Yep. But but a Pentecostal church, they were like, hey, you know, the Beatles, they're pretty cool, right? So God made the Beatles too. Right. So we'll just make it sound what we do sound like the Beatles. But the first thing I went to was a guy named Benny Hinn. That and sounds I went, familiar. I went to a Benny Hinn conference and. He blew on the crowd and everybody fell down but me. And I was like the lone tree standing in a forest. And I thought, this is really weird, but hey, it looks kind of cool. And so I just started like visiting more and more. So like some Assembly of God churches um, and eventually went into non-denominational churches. And part of that, I think, was like part of a Christian rock band at the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of our groupies were part of this non-denominational church Mm -hmm. that their father was the pastor of. Like, I started hanging out at their house. Right. Uh, their mom did my laundry, so that was cool. <laughs> and fed us. Like, because, you know, we were poor college students right, at the time. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to go somewhere and have somebody else do your laundry. And make it, dinner. And make dinner. It's just like, all right, well, we'll start going to this church. And there was several of us in the band who ended up there in the early days of that church. That church morphed massively. Yeah. Um, yeah, they went from pretty laid back to very much like... Oh, you want to do this? Well, you need to bring it to the elders of the church first and get it approved. So we actually, Gwen and I actually got kicked out of that church because I started a radio program playing Christian rock music. Without consulting consulting with the elders. We didn't get kicked out, but we did get called in for a meeting and we got censured. And you were like, goodbye. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because I was like, I'm not not going to not do this radio show. Yeah, we chose to leave because we were like, that's just weird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to point out what Mackenzie said. Um, the Methodist church we went to was very liberal and open and pro LGBT and that itself, that in itself was good, but we stopped going for a couple of months and we were like shunned and treated like crap for not being devoted when really we were just burnt out and it became the last straw. I think that is something that people experience too, even in these churches where, you know, it's open and friendly and, but if you don't have what they consider the proper amount of devotion, right. You know, or if you don't tithe enough. Yeah, that's a big that's one. That's a big one. That's you know, a big They're big not one. even supposed to look. At how right? much you're tithing. At how much yeah. you're tithing, but then they give you offering envelopes with mm-hmm. a number on it so they can track it. Right. Because it's tax, quote unquote, tax deductible. Mm-hmm. But I know that I know for a fact several of the churches we went to would not help you mm-hmm. unless you, you had were tithing. you were tithing. Help you to, with what? Anything? Like say you ended up being uh like our car broke down one time and we couldn't we didn't have the money to buy a new mm-hmm. one. And rather than the church necessarily helping us get a car, mm-hmm. actually it was one family who finally did in the mm-hmm. church, but mm-hmm. the church as a whole was like, no, you all aren't tithing enough for that to yeah. be a, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I had someone that I know who is still a Christian who um, they were going through a very rough time. They had lost employment. They had like six kids at home. Yeah. They were having trouble putting food on their table. They went to the church for to ask for assistance, for mm-hmm. food assistance, and were told that they could not help them but uh, because they didn't tithe enough, but they would be happy to give them a class on how to, to manage, manage their, money, their money better. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
if someone needs help with food, no wonder they're not tithing, quote unquote, enough. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I did. But want... they'd be happy to give him a Dave Ramsey yeah. class. Oh my god! So, it would be Dave Ramsey yeah, too. Yeah. It would be yeah. Dave Ramsey. It was. And then I'm gonna go back to your question because you said when do yeah, we first what, what, what start? What was your, you know, transition to like? I'm, go, I'm going right. to pursue my own religious education. I, I think mm-hmm. it really started very early for me because, you know, I, I've mentioned this before. I've had psychic experiences all my life. But I also started asking a shit ton of questions. I remember having these conversations with my friends who were, we were all Christians, mm-hmm. you know, and we were talking about, well, what would heaven be like? And doesn't that sound boring? Right. You know? And Perfectly just... Praise all the time. That just sounds Sounds boring. That sounds boring. But then I remember, uh, I don't exactly remember what sparked the the conversation with my mother, but I told her I wanted to stop going to church. I was about 16 Mm -hmm. and I wanted to stop going to church because it just wasn't doing anything for me. And I had questions that I had been asking since I was Mm -hmm. like 11 or 12. And then getting told not to ask. And then getting told not to ask. And I knew I couldn't talk about the things I was experiencing because hearing the hellfire and brimstone stuff. And she just lit into me got really mad really lost it really lost it and so i decided to stay right and really devote myself to being a christian Mm -hmm. but from that time on all i did was question what i was doing even though i went to well and you had a you had a really strong uh literalist yeah very literalist um phase Mm-hmm. I guess. It but wasn't there, like, it wasn't forever. It wasn't no. like your whole life was it's, literalist. But it, you did have a really strong literalist phase when I was had in my... Early. Yeah, early when I was years. relatively young. It yeah. started after I started going to Southern Baptist churches, and then we alternated from Southern Baptist churches to, after I married your dad... Mm-hmm. Um, to Pentecostal. To Pentecostal and non-denom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That were very... They're Pentecostal. Yeah, that were, very <laughs> that were Pentecostal. basically Pentecostal. They were, yeah. They, they were very Pentecostal. And they really emphasized the literal the literal understanding of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I took that to heart because I'd made this vow when I was 16. Right, that you were going to take it seriously. I was going to take it seriously. Um, but from that time on, I had been, you know, fighting down all these questions. And it really wasn't until I took you guys to the library and let you guys right. and eat then, cookies and, and get stories. And, and I read that book about goddess worship. And that was the really, that was really the first time in my life in the, the mid-90s when I allowed myself to pick up a book that wasn't a Christian book. Right. And do something more than just study world religion or other religions in the abstract. Right. right. I really picked up, a, I picked up and read these books wanting to understand the difference and if it would make more sense to me. Right. And so, it was a goddess worship book that, that answered those questions. So I do want to talk about, um, Kitty H says, dude, the youth pastor took my copy of The Hobbit, told me I was walking a fine line. And that's actually something we had in the house when I was a kid mm-hmm. was we could only have certain kinds of books mm-hmm. or watch certain or kinds watch of certain movies. kinds right. of movies because yep. I was the um, uber Christian one, at that I, I think at one point we got a book and you I blacked out blacked the out the parts that were objectionable yep, I did with a sharpie I did that's <laughs> I how vividly remember people this. get that is how that is the that is how extreme extreme people can get because I was listening to things like Focus on the Family and mm-hmm. reading those books about you know and didn't want my children to go to hell you know because mm-hmm. I was because I myself was being tempted right 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 you thought you would like infect us yes exactly 
So I was asking questions, and I, this was when AOL was really becoming big, and we had a computer for the first time in our lives. Right, and, and, and 3,000 AOL disks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was actually going into Christian chats, asking questions, and these pastors were shutting me down every damn time. So I was just, you know, being consumed by these questions, but I didn't want to affect you mm-hmm. or your sibling. You know, because I feared sending you guys to hell if I was wrong. Question things, because that's what they were telling me. And I I wonder, from an outside perspective... Who wrote the Book of Love? No. Oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> Although I don't know that either. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if your literalist phase was kind of a shield for you from those questions, from having to think about those questions. I think it was. I think it was me trying to double down on being as holy and righteous and being as good a Christian and getting God's approval as I could Mm -hmm. because I had so many questions for such a long time and everybody was basically telling me to shut up. Yeah. To stop Because if they can't answer the question, they can't be wrong, so you must be asking a wrong question. Now, while your mom was trying to do that, Mm -hmm. I was the outsider in Christianity Mm -hmm. pretty much the whole time. Yeah, you always had sort of a weird relationship to organized religion. Talk about that a little bit. So... You know, I always try to find the weird thing that nobody else was doing. So when I was in college, I ran a Christian nightclub. Mm-hmm. You know, this is 85. Right. There were no Christian nightclubs in the United States, but damn it, I had one <laughs> in a former strip club. Um, where that we left, Where we left the pole in. Yeah, go figure. Listen. <laughs> Jesus would have hung out in a strip club. Um, but, but, you know, so I had yeah. this thing that I ran, owned by somebody else, but he allowed me to run it uh, and, you know, booked Christian bands that were by far way outside the norm, especially for the area that we lived in West Palm. Oh, I also worked at a Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. For and, a while, yeah. And yeah. I brought in Bob Dylan. I carried Bob Dylan in my in the Christian bookstore because he had a couple of Christian albums. So. And I re- yeah, I remember you were always in like fights with management about what you were allowed to bring into yep, the store. Yeah, I always kind of ran just to the outside of the norm of the Christian area that we were in. Right, and then you got involved in sort of fringe Christianity. So yeah, there were several years where Gwen and I were not together. Mm-hmm. And Gwen was actually here in Michigan practicing witchcraft. Mm -hmm. For several of those years, I had no religious anything. I just kind of hung out and did whatever the hell I wanted. Felt like I was missing something, so Mm -hmm. I went back to the church. Got a job at a Christian bookstore. Got a job as the youth pastor at a Lutheran church. Let me have a nightclub in the basement, so there's that. (laughs) So they're um, that Lutheran. Yeah. No, Lutheran churches, like, they're pretty liberal. Are they more? Yeah, yeah, they're more on the Lutheran. They're like Catholic light. Mm. Um, Oh, that makes sense from the name. Yeah. Yeah, it's where you had the wine by accident. Oh my God, yes. Church wine. It's worse than box wine. It's so bad. (laughs) We went up to the... the Communion. Communion, which I had never done communion at a church like this before, so I didn't know to ask for grape juice. And they just handed me the little thing of wine, and I just drank it like it was grape juice. It was not (laughs) grape juice. I could not concentrate. For the rest of that day, they had to take me to McDonald's to get me something to drink. (laughs) And uh, I was also involved in a a thing called the 24-7 prayer movement, which was out of the United, or is out of the United Kingdom. It Mm -hmm. still exists. And it was just an, it was kind of an oddball thing. I did, I did the first ever 24-7 prayer group in the United States. Mm -hmm. 
They didn't even, like, they have a manual now that teaches you how to do them. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that shit. No, you made it so up. I was just making <laughs> up stuff. The basement of this church where they let me do nightclubs, <laughs> we we put up big sh- canvases made out of bed sheets mm-hmm. um, that we painted with kills to, to seize yeah. them. Yeah, so it would harden. So it would harden and you could paint on top of them easier. And then we had people sign up to come in to, quote unquote, pray mm-hmm. for hour, an hour at a time. 24 hours a day for a week. Yeah. The the and, idea was people would take shifts, yep. but every slot had to be filled by somebody. Right. And a lot of them were filled were by you. me. Were you, yeah. But this was but, considered fringe Christianity. Oh, it's super fringe Christianity because it wasn't like bow your head and pray. You could if you, you wanted to. You could, but you could come in and play your bass as a prayer, mm-hmm. or you could come in and DJ as a prayer, sculpt. or you could paint, or you could sculpt, or you could dance, dance, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. The idea was just that anything you do in this room is a prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that put me like way on the outside mm-hmm. of everywhere other than probably Chichester, which is where the 24 yeah. press, uh, 24-7 prayer movement started. So it was, you know, it was like very it, odd for the states. And I think it, it appealed to you because it was non-traditional. Very and non-traditional, it, yeah. And it sort of opened the cage, as it were, of Christianity of what could what could qualify right. as mm-hmm. prayer. It was yep. expanding the boundaries. Right. right. And I had come out of, you know, about a year and a half of being a nightclub DJ mm-hmm. going into this. So, mm-hmm. you know, then being able to incorporate EDM. Um, and hip hop and mm-hmm. reggae and that kind of stuff into a church kind of scene mm-hmm. was really cool. Having the the prayer be different, yeah, I felt was really cool. And I had always been into uh, what are known as the Celtic f- fathers right. or the Desert Fathers, um, and they're they're kind of a fringe Christianity right. thing, a, a, a Christian mysticism, yeah, yeah, Christian yeah. Mysticism. which I learned about in college, oddly enough, yeah. at, a, at a Southern Baptist college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just one of the things that one of my profs had talked about. Uh, Dr. Stacy. You learned Hebrew, was it? Yeah, yeah. I took Latin in high school, Greek and Hebrew in yeah. college. Yeah. So that you could read the original, original Bible. Text, yep. Right. yep. Like you were I'm you more... were always on the um sort of the edge of Christianity, but you actually like you went out of your way to make yourself um easily employable. Well, employable. <laughs> but but to to give yourself the capabilities to explore that faith mm-hmm. in as much detail as you wanted right. to. Right, yeah. Um, and I owned, I mean, at the time, like, we had, I don't know, probably 300 different commentary series that mm-hmm, we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had basically, but I was a youth pastor in three different denominations, which mm-hmm. is weird. You know, I was a vineyard youth pastor first, which is very charismatic, mm-hmm. then a Southern Baptist mm-hmm. um, at uh, in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And then, which was a kind of a non-traditional Southern Baptist uh, church. Uh, a loosey-goosey Southern Baptist. Right, because they allowed me to do a 24-7 prayer uh-huh. and a thing. But, and then... Uh, and then Lutheran. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of jumped all over the place, but, and I've worked at a lot of churches. Yeah. And not always in a, like a ministerial position. No. no. A lot of times in the um, background. Yep. Yeah. A yeah, lot of times it was audio, video, audio, lighting. Audio, visual, yep. yeah. Yep. Hail Dictinus. <laughs> Join our Tiger Crystal at Apothecary Teas. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses. With handcrafted tea blends from white to red to green. This week, consider Romeo. A bold blend of Earl Grey and coffee beans with hints of blue cornflour. And since January is National Hot Tea Month, Apothecary Teas is sending out a surprise sample with every order until January the 31st. No codes needed. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas, LLC. 
Yeah, so if you want to get that surprise sample, order mm-hmm. soon. Inhale yeah. Dictinus. Yes. We've talked about sort of what your experiences in Christianity were. Yep. Right. And sort of how you started transitioning away from Christianity. At least the norms of it. Right, the norms of Christianity. Yeah. So what was it like emotionally, psychologically, to make that final break with the the Christian church to decide that you weren't going to do this anymore and to either pursue a pagan path to like spend a period of time as an atheist or, or as an agnostic? First time or second time? Both. Uh, both. <laughs> One right after another. <laughs> okay, first time, it felt like coming home. In, in 94, 95, when I read that book, when I practiced raising a cone of power and reaching out to the goddess, it just felt right. But then my husband, who was very Christian at the time, had a very unhappy reaction <laughs> to my revelation that I I, be- I believe the words I used were, you do this, you will never see the kids again, I and I will be gone. I believe that is correct. Yep. Okay. Um, so-, so, asshole. <laughs> asshole yeah, response. But, All right, but, cool. But to be fair, it was very much driven by your own Christian identity. Right. Yes. It was. Yep. Five years later, he says he is going to leave the church. And that gave me freedom mm-hmm. to explore, at least privately. I didn't tell anyone, but privately. Right. You were in the broom closet. I was in the broom closet. And again, it was that sense of freedom, that mm-hmm. sense of I can finally express, at least to myself, wh- who I really am. And I started reading and writing and, and practicing meditation and doing ritual and think all in private. So, so that was, I think, the initial. Was that in Falls Church? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was that initial was was freedom, and then it was fear of being discovered mm-hmm. because I was in the broom closet working at a church. Yeah, working were, at you a were church, working, uh, childcare. I think. Yes, yeah. I was. A, Talk about learning how to put on a mask and lie. Yeah, yeah. To people's, I can lie, you know, very very convincingly. Nobody questioned my Christianity. Mm-hmm. I was working at the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, <laughs> and I was. A DJ at a Christian radio station in mm-hmm, Warrington, mm-hmm. Virginia, doing like afternoon drive stuff. So yeah. and working Sundays, which mean which meant I didn't have to go to church. Hey, hey. but I, I kept on that facade. Mm-hmm. So that was very frustrating. Is that I couldn't be open right. about who I was, and I know a lot of people, you know, understand you that. Still have to do who that. Still have to do that. Yep. Have to lie to your parents or to you know your work in your workplace. Mm-hmm. I was very Christian to all those kids. I did all, I said all the right things. I mm-hmm. did all the right things because I grew up in the church. Right, been, so it was easy. It was easy. You know, it was I, all I know, sort of automatic. I know how to sound Christian. <laughs> you know, and still look, can. I still can. Yep. I, I know how to look and sound Christian when it's necessary. But that was when I was consumed with guilt. Right. So I was constantly bumping back and forth. Oh, I'm, I, I can't do this. I don't want to condemn my children mm-hmm. to hell or myself. What if I'm wrong? So I kept bopping back and forth between Christianity and paganism and trying different types of Christ, uh, mm-hmm. of witchcraft and paganism. You tried being a Christian witch for I a while. I tried being a Christian witch until finally I just got scared enough mm-hmm. of retribution, mostly against you guys, mm-hmm. by this God that's supposed to love me, <laughs> that I went back to Christianity. And it was, you know, I, I felt sincere at the time. It mm-hmm. was sincere. I went back to, to... It was sincere. It was just fear-driven. Yeah, it was fear-driven, but it was sincere. I went back to being a Christian, full bore, reading the Bible, teaching the Bible, writing books against mm-hmm. the occult, you know. Yeah. But the crazy thing was... In my own heart of hearts, those questions were still there. And I had, you know, I was asking and actually I was only asking myself. I wasn't asking anybody else until finally around 2015, 
As you were writing the second book. As I was writing. Actually, it was during, that would have been during 2013. So yeah. I started questioning myself while I was writing this second book, but I had an obligation. Right. You had, right. You had gotten a... You had taken money. Exactly. I had taken you, money. You had gotten a, what's it called? Shit. Contract? No, it's when they give you the money in advance. 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 <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> so I was obligated, even though I was asking questions while I was writing the second book and not even going to church. I hadn't I hadn't gone to church in years. Yeah. I'd stop, you know, but I had to you write this book. You were a private book. Christian. I was a private Christian. So a solitary I, Christian, if you will. Yes. I wrote this book. I did speaking engagements. I acted the part mm-hmm. for for several years after that. And finally... Yeah, we did a book tour. Yeah, yeah. did a book tour. While you were, like, plagued by doubts. <laughs> yep, plagued by doubts, but not in front of people because mm-hmm. I can look and sound Christian when I need to. Yep. <laughs> in 2015, I, both your father and I, we he had lost his job at the church. Mm-hmm. And so we, we tried to find churches to go to. We went to a few. I remember that. We, we, there was a church hunt. There was a church hunt. Mostly because it's... Car's mother kept asking if we'd yeah. go to yep, church. Yeah, exactly. And this moved into 2016 after we took your brother to college, mm-hmm. still church hunting, mostly not going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a there was a period where you guys were gonna go be missionaries. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. we thought and honestly for me that was like, oh, maybe if I'm if I'm doing something for God, like right. being a missionary. Maybe it'll like click again. Maybe it'll click again. Because I, I really wasn't Which sounds to that feels to me a bit like our marriage is falling apart. Let's have children. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I had, I'd had, I'd stopped writing this Christian blog because it just didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me anymore. I mean, the whole bit. You know, we hadn't gone to church in over a year. Yeah, maybe all. You know, almost two. We tried one last time after we got back in 2016, and then finally we were both like, "No, we're done." Yeah. <laughs> and so, so what was that like emotionally or psychologically for you the second time to make that break? The second time, it was really after talking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you were like, if you don't want to be a Christian, it's okay not to... just to, stop being one. To stop being one. We had these conversations all the time before we were all pagan, where I would just sort of poke at yeah. Christian theology, like, yeah. why do you believe this thing? What does this mean? In a, <laughs> In a challenging way, let's yep. say. Brana <laughs> owed corrupting their parents. That's fucking awesome. But it was really just giving voice to questions I had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Gwyn would get frustrated because she couldn't answer the couldn't questions answer the to question. my satisfaction. Right. Well, and because I was giving the rote answers that mm-hmm. I had been given. Which you know. weren't satisfying to me because they weren't satisfying to you. Exactly. And, uh, no, I think, again, we, we come back to the relief. And the second time, it was a full-on break. Right. The first time, there was this fear. This sort of waffling this back waffling and forth. waffling back and forth. The second, when, when I finally was able to just say, no, you know, I've tried it again. And it, I'm right back to where I was before. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, why would I do this? And uh, and then my father died and my son came out to me as trans. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Donald Trump got accepted, <laughs> was being touted by the churches as God's man for the job. And I thought, why am I? Why? I don't agree with any of this. I don't agree. Why? Am I, why am I subjecting myself to these people, this mm-hmm. religion, this theology, when I don't even believe it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's stupid. I remember having conversations with my dad and my stepdad saying, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you're gay. But my church cares. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that I care. 
Right. Yeah, you, you know. have to say that you love the sinner, but not the sin. Yes, and that's yeah. such, I hate that phrase. Yeah, yeah no I, mood, same. Oh, God. And so it was relief, but it was also just kind of like, I could, I was finally at a place where I could make that break mm-hmm. and not feel guilty about it at all. <laughs> so it was really just sort of like validating. For validating. You. Yep. It was validating for me to, um, especially when I look back and realize how long, you know, I wrote that, that first book and almost immediately I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but I couldn't tell anybody that. Because you'd just right. written this book. Because I'd just written this damn book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a really important thing. I thought I started out really sincerely mm-hmm. and I ended up playing a part. Yeah. And you felt that you had sort of locked yourself into I'd it. I'd locked myself into it. I think if I had never written that book, I would have given up Christianity a much, long, much sooner. much, much sooner. So, Carr, what was it like for you now that you've braided your beard? I mean, I basically, I left the church multiple times. Right. Because I'd get fed up with hypocrisy or yeah, be disillusioned mm-hmm. or something like that. And so the final break, which was basically after I got let go... For having an argument with the senior pastor's son. So yeah. much nepotism um, at that yeah. church. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, when all four of your kids work at the church as pastors, that's a problem. I mean, I basically was like, I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think I kept doing it. Lots of times I kept doing Christianity because I think that's what your mother expected. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then lots of times your mother came back to Christianity because she thought that's what I expected. Right, you were mm-hmm. sort of... Right, yeah. Yeah, we weren't communicating. Self-perpetuating right, each other. Yeah, yeah. We, we weren't communicating. Well, what happened the first time I said I wanted to stop being a Christian? I mm-hmm. got threatened. Yeah. <laughs> so how was I to know he was having the same doubts? He wasn't telling me. All right. Yeah. Rana asked, uh, I understand that you left the church car, but why did you keep going back? Partly because I like people. Yeah, you, um, you missed the community. And it's the community part of it. Um, being not involved in the church can be a little lonely. Especially if you're raised in that right kind of expectation. And I was community. raised, you know, because my mother was the youth person. Mm-hmm. I was raised with lots of people around all the time, usually a little bit older than I was. But, like, by the time I became a youth, my mother had started working at a college. Yeah. yeah. Swan know. says, feeling a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. 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 When I left, finally, and though we did look at a couple of churches, I was, it was kind of lackluster looking mm-hmm. out. That we'd go, like, once and be like, nope, this one's not for us. It was, and, it was nope, obligatory. Yeah. It was yeah. more expected. Yeah. Right. We expected it because we weren't actually communicating yeah. this desire to not go anymore. Yep. Yeah. I think I remember the conversation when we just decided to stop <laughs> looking for churches and just say no more. Right. And I was like, really? <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I had no idea you felt that way. I feel that way too. <laughs> and so at that point, I basically considered myself an agnostic, I guess. Like mm-hmm. there could be a higher power, but I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care that much. Right. You're not mm-hmm. pursuing it. Right. Being an agnostic for me was probably hard because I've always had some kind of like something else kind of like ethereally. Like, right. Like, like abstractly. abstractly. Like you yeah. were part of the, the family of God, even if you weren't going to a church right, or whatever. Yep. Like you right. had that in common with other Christians. Right. I wonder if to some extent that's a function of sort of the way American communities are. Mm. Like most people don't know their neighbors, but they know their church. And right? I think that's I think that's true. And I, I honestly like really thinking about it, that probably happened because of the church. Mm-hmm. That right? makes sense. The church's yeah. growth it's that overculture. Um, in the sixties and seventies caused people to quit knowing their neighbors because Mm -hmm. rather than being home on the weekends you were at church you were at church yeah Mm -hmm. and sometimes a lot 
Yes, sometimes right. not even just on the weekends. Right. Yeah. Wednesday evenings are a good time to be at church. Right. Beck says, sometimes it's your world. You want to leave, but not knowing what leaving looks like is terrifying. Yeah. I think that plays yeah. right well, into that. And, you know, because I spent, even though I was, quote unquote, on the outside of Christianity. Theologically. The, theologically. And even like the stuff I did, like I, I owned a Christian alternative rock label in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. There weren't many yeah, Christian was, alternative a, rock labels. It was a small community. Right, exactly. Right. There were like two of us. And I was super ingrained in that. Like I, I knew all these guys. I, I, I have phone numbers in my phone now for like band members for bands I probably don't listen. Well, I know that I don't listen to anymore, right? But I was so ingrained in that, you know, even at the last church, like I flew in Andy Hunter, a DJ from the United Kingdom, Mm -hmm. to come play a show at a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. And because Andy and I knew each other previous to that, he flew over a day early. We went out to the movies together, Mm -hmm. you know. So you're just so ingrained in those kind of things. That was your whole community, really. right? Right, exactly. Whole it was. Yeah, it, was. it w- really was. And yeah. I think that's why it's been hard on you being a solitary since you became a pagan, right? Because you yeah. don't have that. I don't have that, like, that incredible community of people I know really, really well. Now, the podcast has helped that mm-hmm. tremendously. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why you community... do the thing on Sundays. Right. That's and, why yeah. I do the Zoom call. But, like, the podcast really has helped out tremendously especially like the the discord and, mm-hmm. the, and the facebook, and the facebook group. group we've gotten some really good friends um, right yeah when that we, we know delved... like in person right exactly and, <laughs> and some of them have been through discord and facebook some of them we met like the at first an event the first time we went to an event when we could only go to one day of um convocation mm-hmm. yep. we, we met bill l Yep, yep, and he's exactly. Been a, he's practically a member of the family. He yeah. is a member and of the family. Yeah. Bill, Bill yeah, is my Bill, brother. Yeah, yep. Bill considers himself one of my stepkids. <laughs> yes, and and like we knew him for a couple of hours that one day, uh-huh. and then when we went to Michigan, Michigan Pagan, Pagan Fest, Fest yep. he, he remembered us. He remembered us. He greeted us when when Car and I got there because Car and I went ahead because I had to work, and then because Gwen had to work, and then. Car went back to get Gwyn and left me at Michigan Pagan Fest, where I basically just like stuck to Bill's side because I'm I didn't know not, anybody I else. I didn't know anyone else, and I'm not like super social and outgoing, so I just stuck by Bill, and he just sort of protected me until Car yep. and Gwyn got back. Yep. But I know for us, we have been so embraced mm-hmm. by the pagan community more than we ever were by the church. By the yeah. church, yeah. or that we went to various churches for years and we were never you know friends and and even when you think you're friends with yeah. like the pastor at your church you're not it turns out when you need something you are not exactly yeah. i think that's what we we found out at a church that we thought we had some really good friends at we tried inviting people over for dinner mm-hmm. no nobody, one ever, came, nobody yeah. ever came yeah Gwyn has, for my entire life, wanted to entertain at the house. And I'm not, you know, I'm not an outgoing person. No, but she's always wanted to just, like, have a party mm-hmm. with some people. Yep. Who will come. And she's tried several times, mm-hmm. often with people at churches, and they've never come. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But yet, in the pagan community, we have, especially because of the podcast, but mm-hmm. also just going to convocation. Going to events, meeting people. Go, yep. Going to... To the pride. Yeah, exactly. That's why we always say when they were mm-hmm. being held... Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, <laughs> find an event to go to and get to know some people because... We were so embraced. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've had we, dinner with people we've had dinner from with people. cons and events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we went out to eat. When COVID's done, we're planning to invite people 
to come to mm-hmm. the fire pit because we have a fire pit now in our yard. Yep. It's uh, that sense of community, that sense of family. I think that's what really, we were embraced as family. Mm-hmm. And Bill was a big part of that. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Kelly from Tree Wizard Creations, yep. Kelly and Jim, and mm-hmm. Pat and Paul from like Arts and Craft. These people are our friends. Yeah, yeah, so, like, Pat and Paul from Arts and Craft, we literally moved. To be closer. I got we a new job. We only lived there for a year. Yeah, but... I got a new job. We're still closer now than we were exactly. when we lived yep. up in GR. Yeah, just fucking COVID. Fucking um, COVID. You know, so we moved for them. When I got the job at the brewery and was still just a salesperson before I mm-hmm, moved up in the mm-hmm. company, like, my territory was well, where Kelly and Jim live, yeah, and so were. I would Sleep on their couch with yeah. their yep. dog. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten to know Justin yep. and Chris and Natalie. And yes, I think part of it is because we have this platform. We have this mm-hmm. podcast. So we've, you we know. We have these opportunities. We have these opportunities. But I think a big part of it was going to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. At, you know, we met people at Convocation and Michigan Pagan Fest. And then even though you don't see them every weekend. No. Like you do at a church. No. We forged stronger bonds with exactly. these people. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I cannot wait to see all the people who live in, uh, that we know, who live in Lansing and mm-hmm. who live in uh, Ann Arbor. And yeah, y'all Ann know Arbor, who FC. you are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ypsilanti. You know, we miss these Detroit, people so yeah. much. God, all nice the people in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So many of you that we haven't been able to see. And you, know, and you guys know that because you haven't been able to see your people yeah. either. But that is what the pagan community has brought to us these friendships. Now, yes, we are solitaries. Mm-hmm. For Odin and I, that is by choice. Right. For Carr, it is... It's uh, sort of how it shook out. Sort, sort of how it shook out as a druid. But, yeah. <laughs> but yet we have people through the wonders of Facebook mm-hmm. and online. Yeah. That and we, post-COVID, maybe we'll be able to connect with the local yeah, community. Because I know there is one. It's yes. just a little more underground. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, well... Uh, Hearth and Hearth Grove, and Grove mm-hmm. Fellowship, yeah, yeah exactly. Kalamazoo. Church here, yeah. It, it's just freeing, and I think because part of this this big uh, part of this conversation is you know how do you transition? Right. How do That's you move the point on? of this yeah. long conversation. What, what is the what are the difficulties and sort of the unexpected um, joys, I guess, of moving from a religion like Christianity, where mm-hmm. everything is sort of structured and defined for you, mm-hmm. into religions and paths like witchcraft and pagan religions where you sort of make your own way. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I know, the first thing I did is I got rid of the Bible. (laughs) Which not every pagan does. Not every pagan does, but I knew for me. Yeah, because you had been a literalist. I had been a literalist, so I knew it was important for me that I needed to not have that in my house. Mm -hmm. So I got it, and I had a lot. I gave them all away, sent them to Goodwill or wherever. And then I started asking the questions and then doing my own research, Mm -hmm. but not from a a Christian understanding, but from like a, from a witchcraft perspective, you know, asking questions that, uh, you know, about women and about family and relationships and magic and, you know, all these questions that I had, you know, homosexuality. And I started looking at it outside of the prism of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I started looking at secular books, Shock, Gasp. shock, horror, shock and horror. <laughs> just in case anybody doesn't know what secular means, it just means anything that's not Christian. Anything yeah. that's not Christian. But you know, I read and watched document. I read books and watched documentaries. You know, that answered my questions from a scientific or a philosophical or a historical or a historical understanding. That is how I approached it for me. 
You know, I think for me, though, it's the fact that I don't have to feel bad when I don't practice. Yeah. Right. Right? Because I, I suck at, at doing anything early in the morning. Yeah. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. And they want us to do early morning devotionals in the Christian church. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not even awake until noon. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm up and I'm moving around. But that doesn't mean, like, my mind is active. Mm -hmm. If I'm awake at 6 to do a morning devotional, it's because I'm still still awake. awake. Yeah. (laughs) So I think for me, it is the part, like, it's just okay. Like, if I Mm -hmm. don't practice Mm -hmm. for a month. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal. I don't feel... You're not letting down the side. Right. Yep. Exactly. For lack of a better term, that's a salvation for me. <laughs> uh, because I don't have to, you know, if I'm... You don't have to answer to anybody. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. If I'm too busy at work, I'm, a, I'm just too busy and that's okay. Yeah. I think for the first two or three years, I considered myself a secular witch. Yep. Yeah. I did not have a religious or devotional practice. Yeah. You and were just doing witchcraft. I yep. was just doing witchcraft straight up. And, you know, I got back into, you know, obviously doing my meditation and, you know, doing things that fed me, mm-hmm. <laughs> fed my spirit yeah. instead of me trying to feed someone else's. Right. Trying to feed God. Trying to feed God's spirit or whatever. And it really wasn't until I got into Hecatean witchcraft right. that I learned that I could be devotional without... Although you had, you had started... I had started with Brigitte. You had a started bit. working with Brigitte, yeah, but you I were had. still calling her your supervisor. Yes, that's true. But a big part of it was I didn't want to go. I didn't want to find myself going back down that religion. slippery yeah. slope. Of you had a lot of anxiety about. Yeah, working I had with a gods. lot of anxiety about working and trusting a god right. again. Yep. Yeah, that's a big. Even part if it was of it. a different god. Even if it was a different god. Yeah. Um, because that I felt like I, I just, you know, it took me in places I didn't, where I didn't like myself. I didn't like the things I was saying or telling people or teaching people and hurting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy the stuff we teach because, now way better. Oh, God, yes. Like we were saying earlier that, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. But it's a common idiom yeah. that's used and it's very hurtful. But yeah. I used it a fuck ton. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing that got liberated. My language. Your language. <laughs> I used to swear like a sailor when I was in high school and I had I had to learn to zip it all up when I, you know, became uh, you know, uber a Christian. Christian. Yeah. I don't well, know that I ever didn't cuss though. I you think were, I cussed. You were always bad at that. You were cussing. always bad. Yeah. You would cussing. occasionally make an attempt of like a substitution. <laughs> yeah, but but at, at church I could turn it off. Uh-huh. Like, you right, know, yeah. well, within reason. Within like re- yeah, within 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 a certain um, there was a time that I got threshold. an argument with a uh, worship leader at a church and was cussing at him in a mm. closet, but he was cussing back at me. So, so it was fine. It was you fine. You could yep. rat each other out. Yep. Well, it was really hilarious. And you know what helped me be able to say fuck or, you know, because I could say shit, no problem. <laughs> but fuck, but that was fuck the big was one. was the big one. It was reading the uh, slash fan fiction, recording <laughs> it. That word was used a lot. Uh-huh. So, so, you, so you had to learn to unlock it. In and your, the hilarious thing is mouth. we were surrounded by fucking Christians. Yes. At the you time, know, that you at the time doing that, yeah. because my husband, Carr, had worked at the church that owned, owned the apartment the community apartment we lived in. That we lived in. Yeah. And we had Christians behind us and mm-hmm. below us and beside us. Yeah, because most of them worked at the church. Worked at the church. And yep. really fucking thin walls. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I can't even imagine what, what that must have been like. But I was like, damn it, I'm going to do, do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I've been wanting to do this forever. So I, that's where I got comfortable mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes just you have not to retrain caring. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about that too, about recognizing old tapes, you know, those old Yeah, that those beliefs habits that your brain yeah. gets into. Yeah. Yeah. That you have to just, you have to learn to first recognize that, yep. that that's what's happening. Yeah. Right. That this is old programming. Yeah. That you don't actually want anymore. And because sometimes it's sneaky. Yep. Right? You'll have this old programming about how you approach a certain subject through the lens of Christianity, and you'll be applying it to a pagan subject without realizing you're doing it. So mm-hmm. step one is recognizing that you're using old programming. Right. Step two is deprogramming yourself. Exactly. And then step three is figuring out what you're going to replace it with, because yeah. if you don't, you'll just have that empty space. Right. Right. So I think really avoiding any kind of religious, devotional type of thing was my biggest first step. Right. That was your deprogramming. That was my part. That was my big part of my deprogramming. Because you knew you were going to apply the old programming to those new relationships. Exactly. And it was hard. It was hard for me to to uh, to offer devotion, mm-hmm. you know, to... To find new ways to, to do it. To find new ways to do it that didn't draw me back. Right. Into what I had been because I didn't want to go there anymore. Yeah. Have you found any of those sort of old programming spots in your life, Carr? I don't know that I have old programming. I do have one really terrible guilty pleasure. Which is? Is I really still like Christian rock. (laughs) And I don't don't know that if it's because I know most of the band members. Uh Probably. And so like you recognize them. Right, right. And you enjoy that like they're enjoying making music. Yes. yes, Demon Demon Hunter. Hunter, Yep. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Um... But see, like, I've known these guys forever. So, like, the guys in Demon Hunter, I knew when they were in training for Utopia. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I've known yeah. all of these people forever. Which is funny, because it made me, when we shopped at that store that was owned by those Christians, they played Christian music yeah. all the damn time. Yeah. I ended up, and I would find myself find singing along, along yeah. and I was like, God damn it! I don't want to! <laughs> I don't want to sing along! <laughs> you know, but your father had no problem with it. Right. And it, it just, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, it's a... Uh, just really I, think, I, I mean i think you can enjoy the music without subscribing to the religion right and yeah. i don't care lyrically what they're about yeah. anymore like i know all the lyrics but i don't care and a lot of them like they weren't very christian lyrically some of them are mm-hmm. subtle yeah. yeah like the christianity is there if you know the the dog whistles right yeah but, right. so like you'll if you're if you're familiar with christianity you know the song is really about x yeah but none of the it lyrics could also be explicitly about, it, say they're x. all about god but could be about a girl. Is this, uh-huh, is this, yeah. Maybe this is a positive step for me. I, I just listened to that song from the uh, that the Newsboys did for the VeggieTale movie. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Jonah. That song they did uh, for the theme song, I guess. No, uh, Jonah. And I just heard that again for the first time. Uh, Belly of the Whale, that's what it's called. And I thought, okay, I can listen to this. <laughs> Justin, Justin says, like me listening to Japanese pop, I don't understand the language but can enjoy the music. Exactly. Right. And I'm, you know, Veggie Tales, like... Yeah, mm. uh, and like, uh, oh God, what was it? Adventures, Adventures in Odyssey. Adventures in Odyssey. We listened to those my entire childhood, and I still have nostalgia about it. family. I don't and, believe... And we still have... I still yeah, have them on a hard drive. Yeah, the MP3s. I don't believe in the messages. Nope. But I still have nostalgia about the stories. Yep, exactly. exactly. And I think that's where I've gotten to a point now. I have divorced myself from Enough. that... 
enough from that programming yeah. that I can enjoy listening. Like, I, I still enjoy listening to Skillet mm-hmm. if I, if a song comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was just able to listen to Jonah's, uh-huh. you know, the Jonah song, The Belly of the Whale, and go, oh, yeah, that was pretty cute. I really did like that song. <laughs> I, and I liked that that band when they were still the Newsboys. It's funny. You, you, have, to, you have to allow yourself to let it go. But there's, I think there's a releasing process that there's most people releasing. have to go through. And sometimes it, it, take, it takes years. It, yeah. right. it can take years, and you you find yourself if you are uncomfortable by something, put set it, aside, it aside for now. Set it aside. Figure out what it is that bothers you. Yeah, because it may not be what you think it is, mm-hmm. right? It may not be like if you're listening to Christian music and you're feeling uncomfortable. It may not be necessarily the music that's making you uncomfortable, it right? Could it be- may be a specific word in those lyrics that's triggering the, uh, a situation that you had in Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like a a bad thing exactly that's it- left over for you. And until you deal with that, mm-hmm. like which is the actual underlying issue, right. this is going to keep coming up in, in unexpected ways, I think is the thing. I think I also found, this is going to sound really stupid, but having come from a, a situation where I was incredibly conservative and we didn't celebrate Halloween and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Celebrate Halloween. <laughs> you know, that was don't a, do a harvest festival. Don't do do Halloween. Harvest, do fucking Halloween. Do it as spooky as you want. Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like if there was something that you couldn't do or wouldn't mm-hmm. do because of whatever religion. Obviously, we're talking Christianity because that's, that's where, where we, we all came, came from. from. Uh, but any whatever religion you have, if there right. was something you were specifically that for, was verboten, that was verboten, and it's not illegal. Yeah, it's not illegal. It's not going to hurt someone or yourself. Mm-hmm. But like Halloween. Yeah. Dressing up, go to a party, host a party. Carve um, a pumpkin. Carve a pumpkin. Whatever it is that you were not allowed to do, mm-hmm. do it. Safely. How about Santa but, Claus? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, lots of Christian denominations of, where Santa Claus is not You a, know, that right. kind of thing. Those are the types of things that I think, I feel like, as long as they are safe, mm-hmm. they and are not illegal. harming yourself <laughs> or other people, and they are not illegal. Experiment. Experiment. Explore your options. Mm-hmm. Go to, this is going to sound stupid, but uh, again, but maybe not. If you are a, coming from a Christian background, go to an LGBTQ Pride Day. Yeah. Yeah. Go celebrate LGBTQ people. Yeah. Go celebrate with them. We love going to Pride Oh, God. I, well, Prides and, are great. And it wasn't until... Fun. And it wasn't until a couple of years into being a witch, that mm-hmm. I even was able to acknowledge to myself that I was bisexual. Mm-hmm. And this is with having had a, a dad who's gay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And a man as a stepfather who was, they weren't legally married, but they, right. he was a stepfather to me. Yeah. And I loved them both, you know, because of the way. And we still love him. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. And he's Muslim. So, yes. you yeah. know, so he had his own struggles, too, mm-hmm. right. with his own identity because of his religion. But, yeah, go to a pride day. Yeah. A drag night at a gay bar. Was yes, that right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, you, just ease yourself into it. Ease yourself into it. But seriously, please watch season five with Ivy, Ivy Winters. Winters. <laughs> we met her once. Yes, we did. <laughs> she is wonderful. But and she's also a Grand Rapids girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a little bit of hometown pride there. Scoobus does say, um, "So many ex-conservatives go off the deep end and get in some real, real trouble. trouble." Yep, and that's true. This is why I say. This is why I, I did be, say, "Be smart, be safe. be safe, let people know what you're doing." Yeah, go um, with the- have have a sanity check if you're not sure mm-hmm. that this is a good decision for you. But mm-hmm. just sort of gently start pushing the envelope on what what you're familiar with. And I would say, don't start doing that 
until you've been out of Christianity for a while and you're ready. You've come to terms. You've come to because terms with that. Because I think there is, that. for a lot of people, not for everyone, and especially for you because you were sort of constantly like, mm-hmm. and I'm done. Right, yeah. And I'm done. <laughs> Boat Carr, is talking yeah. to Carr, yeah. Uh, I think Carr either went through this process way in the past or... Like, it was so diffuse that you didn't experience it, like, in a coherent way. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, leaving the religion they grew up with is a grief process, mm-hmm. which means there are some familiar yeah. stages you're going to go through. Right. Well, and, like, Car and I were taught early on in our marriage to have a very Christian, you know, he's the man, he's the head of the family. The spiritual head of the, the family. The spiritual right. head, yes. you know, I'm supposed to defer to him, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. That is something that I think we still struggle with, trying to become more egalitarian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of that's just that I'm lazy, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wasn't going to say it. That's the honest answer is, you know, by the time I get home from work, I'm done. And then on the weekends... If I don't go to work, which, which half the time do. I do, yeah. right? All right, recovering just, I'm just, for yeah, I'm the just, next, right. yeah. That's <laughs> capitalism. But I do think that for some uh, people who are in relationships, especially if you're in a relationship with someone who is still a Christian, right? That can be a struggle. That can be a struggle. Yeah, that can be a difficult. Even if they accept your that your path is different from theirs, mm-hmm. it can be hard for them and for you mm-hmm. to sort of divorce yourself from the familiar patterns of a Christian relationship without divorcing your partner. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so obviously all of this is just advice uh, from things that we've experienced ourselves. But, you know, do it all within your own time frame. Mm -hmm. You do not have to rush. Right. There's 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 not a pagan pope. Nope. There might be like a leader in your tradition. Mm -hmm. But if the leader in your tradition is pushing you to move faster than you're comfortable with, it's time to find a new leader. Mm -hmm. Maybe a new tradition tradition entirely, but at the very least, maybe that coven's not for you. Maybe that teacher's not for you. Mm -hmm. Something else I think it's important to remember is that although they are not always equipped for the problems they are expected to solve, pastors do conventionally get some education Mm -hmm. in the job of pastoring. Yes. Yes. Priests and priestesses of covens mm-hmm. do not necessarily unless get, they seek it themselves. Right, do not necessarily get an education in the job of priest and priestessing. So they are not necessarily as equipped to handle those situations as you might expect them to be mm-hmm. if you expect them to behave like a pastor. And, mm-hmm. Like your priest or priestess may not be equipped to be your counselor. So I think that's everything that it occurred to me to talk about. Do you guys have any sort of parting thoughts? And were there any questions from the peanut gallery? Ah, the pride. (laughs) I think the main thing is go back and listen to imposter syndrome. Right, because that's also going to be very relevant here. Go back and listen to shadow work. (laughs) Because you're going to be doing a lot of it, probably. And give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give yourself a break. If you find yourself getting caught up in in former religious thinking... You're not failing as a failing. No. And if you have doubts, it's okay. It's okay to ask questions, even if it is questions about your pagan path. Because you're you're walking through this thing one day at a time. But I I would just say be be true to who you are. And have fun exploring, says Scootus. Yeah, Yeah. have fun exploring. Allow yourself to explore. Even to this day, and I'm now, what, going five years into this now, Mm -hmm. um, of the return to, to my witchcraft path. I will sit back and I'll, I'll I'll hear Christians say something or I'll read a blog on Patheos from a Christian because yeah, I check and, that out from time and you'll to have time. Have a reaction, and I'll look back. No, I just look back and go, I can't believe that's how I used to think. 
And you will get to a point, or at least I have gotten to a point, where you can look at it from the outside Mm -hmm. and and maybe not, not be triggered. Right. But just go, wow. Amazing. That's amazing that I used to actually believe that. It's Kitty. okay that they do, but I don't. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Kitty H says, also, some of this can be covered in therapy. This has helped me immensely. That is oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely true. absolutely. And that's part of what I mean when I say, like, your priest or priestess is not necessarily qualified to be your counselor. Yep. Right. Don't um, be afraid to go to therapy. Yeah. Go talk to an accredited therapist. Mm-hmm. And there are, especially if you're, like, I noticed that several people are coming out of abusive authority mm-hmm. or abusive churches situations um, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help, going to a counselor who actually helps people deal with. Yep. Uh, there are there are therapists who specialize who in that specialize kind of thing. in religious deprogramming, deprogramming yep. or dealing or with religious trauma, trauma, religious yep. trauma and any of those things. So it's OK to find someone who can help you with yep. that. Reach out to therapists, yep. tell them what you're looking to deal with, and if it's not something that they're qualified in, they can give you references to people who are. Yep, and then just take it one day at a time. Yep. And you can get through to the other side. Yeah, exactly. I you're am, not going to be stuck here forever. No, you're not going to be stuck forever, and I am very, very happy to be the witch that I am today. I don't think I would be the witch I am today if I hadn't had that, what was it, uh, that um, I believe it was Elliot Director who taught mm-hmm. me this. A Christian retrograde. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a Christian retrograde for a number of years. Where everything seemed like it was moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't. And um, It was an illusion. Mm-hmm. It was an illusion. And I was actually letting go of things and working through things, not even realizing I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. So that by the time I got to where I am, where I could finally say, I'm making a clean break of this, mm-hmm. I was actually prepared to make a clean break of it. And I just want to remind everybody right. that we don't have a pee in this. Pagan Pope. Pagan Pope. Yeah. Oops. No Pagan Pope. So any last thoughts, Carr? Nope. I'm okay. thoughtless. Uh, then before we uh, end, I do want to, someone someone mentioned in the Discord, and since we just mentioned the retrograde, apologize to everybody for yes. not correctly uploading the last episode. It was uploaded. It was, everything was set. I even set the time. I just forgot to set it from private, which is how I set the episodes when I'm working on them, to public, public, which is when you all can see them. And no one mentioned it, so I didn't check. I just thought... It was uploaded correctly at the usual time. And I I just happened to notice and yesterday. we didn't figure out until Saturday. Yeah. So I that one went up slightly it. late. That's the Mercury <laughs> episode. Really. So that episode should now be up for those of you who would like to listen to that. It is available. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now, Carl, will you please let us out? Sure. If you'd like to know more about us, find us on Google. That's the number three. Pagans and a cat. The number three. Pagans and a cat. On the big G. <laughs> Come visit me on Patheos Pagan. I actually did not write a blog last week. I just wasn't feeling inspired. Fair enough. But uh, I'm planning to write on Imbolc this week because Imbolc is coming up. Right. We're not doing an episode about it. No. No. No, no more holiday episodes. But if you're interested in learning more about Imbolc. We, we have two of them. We have yes. two. Two, I say. Wheel of the Year series. And you can listen about Imbolc in those previous Episodes. Uh, episodes just you know google mm-hmm. yeah three pigs and a cat in bulk. in bulk yep nothing else i, I think, think we can it. i think we can wrap up yeah, yeah. they yeah. can find us on we all the social wrap, medias didn't we 
We did well, that. Yeah, if you just Google, then... Google. Yes. Remember what the... I'm saying is you can click the button to turn off the recording. Oh, oh I could do that. Well, <laughs> that is... That's not wrapping up. That's clicking. That's clicking. Okay, that's well, I think we can... Goodbye. I think... Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>